If you went on a road trip and you didn't stop for a Big Mac or drop a crispy fry between the car seats or use your McDonald's bag as a placemat, then that wasn't a road trip. It was just a really long drive. At participating McDonald's. Everyone deserves a chance in the driver's seat. For GM and Revolt, that means leading the way on the road to an all-electric future and envisioning a world with zero crashes, zero tailpipe emissions, and zero congestion. GM's committed to making EVs accessible for everybody. That means you too. So what are you waiting for? GM's got the keys. You grab the wheel. Learn more about an all-electric future and the 000 initiative at GM.com. GM, everybody in. What's going on? It's your girl, Lala Shepard. Prosper the most lit. What's up? It's your girl, DJ Excel. We are the Progress Support. And we just jumped off the porch. The Dirty Globe Bastards, let's go. We ain't staying now. Tune in every time. We don't do no cap. Report only facts. All right. So we got the Progress Report. Jumping off the porch with us today. Yes, sir. Welcome, ladies. Thank you, Hayes. Yeah. You know, we go way back. So this, this is a long time in the yeah. making here. So welcome welcome yeah so for people who may, may not be familiar though just go ahead and introduce yourselves individually so everyone knows who's who okay my name is dj excel i'm lala shepherd boss brit the most lit there it is. The progress report. Hey. Yes, there it is yeah so welcome again thank you thank you yeah so first off let's take it back i know i don't think any of y'all are from atlanta right or am no, i tripping <laughs> so Excel, kick it off. Where are you from originally? I'm from York, Pennsylvania. Okay. Yeah. I had a couple rappers from York. Oh, for real? Yeah. yeah. Wow, really? That's shocking. Sound that me. is, yeah. Right. I think only like one or two. Right. <laughs> Shout out to York. Yeah. And Lala? Yeah, so me and Boss Britter. Wow, <laughs> where y'all from? We from the same city, so we both from Cincinnati, Ohio. Yeah, Cincinnati, 513. You know who they, you might have heard of Bengals. Right. Yeah, I'm on y'all ass. I'm a Dolphins fan tonight, oh, so no, <laughs> someone's got to lose. And it's going to be y'all. Yeah. <laughs> we can't afford another one. Yeah, can, yeah, we can afford one, but I don't want one. Right. <laughs> so how did you guys meet up? Did you guys all meet in Atlanta? Did y'all two know each other in Cincinnati? Break this down for us. Definitely. So um, we, we did technically meet here. Okay. Um, so of course, you know, Brit, Brit's been doing parties and stuff for a long time. So I knew of her, but we weren't like, you know, hanging out necessarily or working together back then. Yeah. Um, but me and XL actually met through Hood Affairs. So okay. salute to Hood Affairs, the legendary Hood Affairs. Absolutely. Um, and you know, shoot, once it was just instant chemistry once we met. Okay. Yep. Yeah. So were all of you living in Atlanta at this time, or were y'all just coming back and forth at the time? Or the crazy thing is, I just moved to Atlanta. I believe Lala probably was out here for like two years before, or something like that. Okay. But I just moved to Atlanta, and um, I went to an event, a listening party, and um, you know, just networking. And Hood Affairs came up to me, and I told them what I do, and they're like, "Well, yo, my homegirl just kicked off a podcast. Uh, you should be a guest know. DJ." So I was a guest DJ on there, and the first. Um, who was the first guest? OJ the Juice. Yeah, OJ. No, really? I, no, I was about to, I was about to say um, somebody else, but it was OJ the Juice Man. I was like, bro, this, this is crazy. This is my crazy. first like interview I'm doing with them, and um, I just hit her up like, yo, can I continue to DJ with you? And she's hmm. like, yeah. So that's how we started, and then 
Brit moved down probably like six months later. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and I, I knew Lala from Cincinnati, like she said. We was in the gay clubs together, you know, doing, some, <laughs> doing what we do, you know. And then when I moved to Atlanta, I knew she was here. So I called her like, yo, let me pull up, check out what you got going. And I met her there. <laughs> And uh, yeah, she was acting all Hollywood. We gonna get into that, you know. I mean, I like tell everybody she was acting Hollywood, but I met her through Lala. Okay. Mm -hmm. So it was instant chemistry, or yeah, it's crazy. Like, it kind of was. Yeah. And we grew. That's the crazy thing. Like we grew in the business, but our friendship grew at the same time. And it was all organic and just. It just worked. Like when I look back, it's like, yo, it's crazy nah, it's how crazy. it, it yeah. fell into place. Yeah. So actually, how did you get into DJing at first? I've been DJing 15 years, okay. so I just always been into hip hop music. I used to dance. I <laughs> tried to do everything, all five elements of hip hop. And y'all want to battle me? Nah, we not really. Oh, all right, I got it. I'm a pop locker. All right, I can't. Nah, I used to like break this back in the day. <laughs> but then when I would watch those breaking videos, I would look mm. at the DJ like, yo, I want to do that. I want to <laughs> control the crowd. So that's really how I got into DJing and um. Been doing it ever since. Okay. Yeah. Was there much of a music scene in York or were you um, having to travel elsewhere? The crazy thing is there wasn't, but I made the best of it. And actually from being in York, I was on VH1's Master the Mix. Oh, wow. I also did three tours in China, um, DJed in LA and stuff. So I made the best of it. But really when you reach out to people like, yeah, I'm from Pennsylvania, it's way different than saying, yo, I'm an Atlanta I'm DJ. Atlanta, yeah. It's just crazy. So when I moved out here, I had the talent. I just ain't have the opportunity. So mm -hmm. moving out here made me go up. So, yeah. Yeah. Was it a big leap of faith at the time that you moved down here or were you ready for this? Bro, I ain't have nothing. I ain't have no connection. I had like $1,500 from income tax and I ain't had no connections or nothing. But, um, I always had the drive, always was fearless, and was just like, yo, I got the talent, I just don't got the opportunity. I'm so hungry, let me just get the opportunity, it's going. Yeah. You know what I mean? And the thing is, um, like, I believe in the law of attraction, and if you just put it out there, things gonna come to you, and that's crazy, like how Hood Affairs, like, just the energy put out there linked me with Lala that years down the road, like, we still working together. So yeah. that's what I just always believe. Like, I ain't second guess it or nothing. That's no, that's dope. That's and being a woman DJ, what were some of the obstacles you had to face while trying to overcome that? Yo, I just need people to know I'm better than like 90% of these. <laughs> Dude, stop doing facts. that. Stop no, playing facts. with me. I swear, I swear to y'all. Um, but coming out here was crazy. Not just being a woman DJ, being a gay DJ, hmm. a gay female. I, coming from Pennsylvania, I DJed 95% straight stuff, right? Mm. So I came out here and they definitely tried to box me in. Really? And I hated it at first, but then I was like, hold up, is this a lane? <laughs> you know what I mean? And then I found, I was like, cool, like y'all get, y'all could book me for a straight event. I'm gonna kill it, you know what I'm saying? But the gay event, I could take that over, you know what I'm saying? And that's basically, I found my lane and I was cool with it. Like first I was like, I didn't wanna be boxing, but now it's like, yo, it's my niche, so what's up? No, nah, that's yeah. dope. Gay as fuck now. Yeah, gay, gay, gay. And what do you feel like separates a good DJ from a great DJ? Mm. Uh, being a party rocker. Being able to rock a party without dropping all new shit. Hmm. And um, like, I don't care if you open up for me and you drop everything new, I could still kill it without replaying everything you just did. Um, some DJs are so caught up in a skill that they not looking at the crowd where it's like, yo, rock the party, no one to cut out. 
know um, when to drop a song. Like there's a song that, like a throwback, you can't drop at 11, but if you drop it at 1 a.m., people gonna be singing their hearts out. You yeah. know what I'm saying? So it's just really knowing the craft and knowing your crowd and um, catering to them and get out your own feelings. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> what you wanna listen to, but yeah. I feel that. Yeah. So, Britt, how'd you get into throwing these parties? Yeah, so um, I started throwing parties when I was 15 years old. I started out oh. doing teen parties, and we started making money. I mean, like, I was, like, 16, like, bands. So when we saw we could make money outside of working a job, we was like, yo, let's do this more often. But Cincinnati is, like, coming up, it's, like, a really hard place. There's a lot of violence. You start young, you know, gangs. And it's a small town, so it's, like, we beefing, but we two blocks away. Like, how's this many games within like <laughs> five block radius? So it was a lot of violence in the team parties, like shootings, teams were getting killed. In the team parties. In the team parties. No party. team parties be the worst, in I the, feel like. The city shut it down. They made it to where you had to have like permits. Mm -hmm. And mind you, when we started, we was literally 15 calling these spots, like calling halls, like, can we throw a party there? And they was like approving it. We had one of my friend's dad that was like, just in case, but hmm. for the most part, we was booking them ourselves. Oh, so wow. yeah, it was crazy. I, I did, I went uh, and did college parties, but it didn't last because I wasn't in college. I never, I, I didn't go to <laughs> college, like, but I was trying to throw college parties. That didn't last. I did a record label. I did it for about three years, which was, it was making progress, uh, keyword, okay. okay. But uh, it didn't work out. So I went back to parties and at the time, I was like openly gay and people just, I've always had like um, like clout, I guess. So I was like, yo, I can, I can do gay parties now. And I started doing lesbian parties all over again, but it was more than just the parties. I really wanted to make a difference within the community yeah. and make a safe place for people to come. Cause like I said, my city is not the safest place when you're going outside. So I was really big on good vibes, good energy. Like my parties never had no, part, no uh, like fights or anything like that. Um, and then that was around when I was 21. Then I, I kind of got tired of it. It died down because Cincinnati is very trendy. It's like up and down. And then one night I had a really big party and I got robbed. And what? All of my money. I had oh, like wow. $400. So at the time my mom was in Atlanta. I used to visit here and be so inspired. Like it's just like the energy of coming to a When something happens to your kitchen, you might say, This is ludicrous. But that won't fix your home. That will only get you the rapper, Ludacris. Having trouble? Don't panic. Don't be alarmed. You need to file a claim? Holla at State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. That's right. You can file a claim on the app or call us. Thanks, Mr. Chris. No matter how ludicrous the situation, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm, Bloomington, Illinois. Atlanta, I could really feel like the energy of like, yo, this feel way lighter. I feel like, not not talk down on my city, but like the energy there is like, you're kind of uptight watching it back all the time. So bro, it's not like, it, like, it's not like free, like feeling or like peace a lot. So when I came down here and I saw like a lot of black people that were, that were successful and doing stuff that I want to do, I was like, yo, I don't got no money no more. My mom here, I'm about to move down to Atlanta. I came down here, that was my main goal, but I do host as well. I'm okay. the best host out here in the streets, like international with it. So the hosting, I use that to get my foot in the door, get people familiar with who I am. Cause everywhere I went, when I get on the mic, no, no cap, they'd be like, yo, who is that? Hmm. I built my following up, I met her. 
through Lala, but then we would get booked at the same parties. Oh, wow. So, like she said, she's big on crowd control. I'm big on crowd control. That makes a very big difference. And we started building the chemistry. I told her, man, you know, people coming out for us. Yeah. You know, we could throw our own parties. I'm like, yo, you know what we, I'm just, like, we just moved here, though. Like, like yeah, it's crazy because we, we were just like new. a couple months apart. I'm like, bro, but we just moved here. But she's like, nah, like, we no. should do our own. Like, I see that they're coming for us. And then we started doing our own parties here in Atlanta. And now we've been throwing the biggest all girl parties for about five, six years. Yeah. Excellent. How much planning goes into one of these shows, one of these events? It's, it's a lot that needs to go into it at all times. If you're really trying to always provide new experience, don't get too comfortable and just think people gonna come just cause that's where they need to go. Like mm -hmm. you need to always plan uh, your, your themes out and make sure you create an experience. We're big on experiences and not just like, we're here to get drunk, you know what I mean? So we're gonna hit you with a theme, we might bring you a guest you never saw. But it's a lot of planning that goes into mm -hmm. it, especially like around the Pride, where we just had, where we had 15 parties over five days. What? Yeah, 15? We had, had Sean Rock, we had Blueface, we had Erica Banks, we had a lot of people. So yeah, when it gets to that magnitude, it's, it's a lot that goes into it. I could imagine, yeah. yeah. So Lala, you pretty much do everything in the industry, right? Go. Now. What yeah. was your star? Like, what was your, you know, how'd you get into the industry? You know, like, I've always wanted to be behind the scenes. I've always been doing, like, music journalism things before I came down here. Like, in college, I wrote for an online magazine. Even before college, I was, you know, helping out with all the local artists, you know, R.I.P. Calico, he a dope artist from the city. Okay. Um, but, you know, just helping him, like, get his music to the DJs, creating, like, bios and stuff. So I've always been doing it. I was making mixtapes in high school for people. Uh, I've always been doing something. But, you know, I just, um, it's just like, it was really after I graduated college. I told myself, like, you know, I wanted to do something that I love to do. And um, just it was it was God telling me I needed to be in Atlanta. Like it was just in my heart. It was I didn't know anybody except for my aunt. You know, I didn't know any music industry people, but it was just like a calling. And go to the strip clubs. That's seriously. <laughs> so, OK, God, God lit. <laughs> so um, I'm using I'm using Twitter and social media to my advantage because, you know, um, just even with MySpace, I've always reached out to like big people on MySpace and they would mm -hmm. respond back and give me advice. Like, so I'm like, well, let me utilize Twitter. So I'm reaching out to different producers. Um, I'm like, man, I'm just, I just want to work with people I actually like and, you know, just figure out ways in which I can help their careers. Um, so yeah, so then I reached out to Dundee cause you know, he had the uh, Gucci Man record, the Point In My Life record. And I thought that was dope amongst hella other songs that he produced, but I'm like, you know, I feel like I can help him out just in terms of his brand visibility and do my little PR thing before I even knew what it was. <laughs> and, um, you know, when I came to Atlanta, it didn't work out right away with me and Dunn. But then, um, you know, a week after I came down here, I went to the strip clubs and then uh, I went to Stroker, as a matter of fact. And then somebody was just like, man, you know, after I telling him what I was trying to do, he was like, yo, you got to talk to the DJ. So the DJ ended up being DJ Funky, the OG DJ Funky Coalition DJs. Um, and, you know, I'm just like, man, I'm telling him what I want to do. He like, all right, well, shit, you know, come through the night. And we was just working together, like, really ever since. Like, every night I would pull up on him, um, just help him with the social media management. Um, just, you know, just building relationships. Different industry people will come through, whether it's publicists, managers, artists. And I'm just making sure they know who I am, introducing, you know, myself. And just helping him with his social media and his brand presence and helping him get organized because he wasn't organized. And just, you know, just helping out um, just with everything that he needed. 
and um, just was just doing that every night. Like I was driving from Douglasville to Strokers and oh, Douglasville wow. to Kamal's 21, Douglasville to wherever he needed me. And, um, you know, like just if he had studio sessions, like that's how I learned the demographics of Atlanta too. So it's just, it was just, it was just a lot of learning lessons in that really early on. Um, so yeah, that's what I did. Gotcha. Yeah. So where did the idea for the progress report come from? What was the inspiration behind that? So the progress report before all the interviews and stuff was just in my name. <laughs> it was La La Chef. And, you know, I'm, I'm always a, I'm a long term longevity type thinker. So I'm just like, man, I don't want it to just be in my name because it's just like it's not. I don't you know, I wanted it to be bigger than just me, you know. So I was just brainstorming one day because it's like, man, I got too many connections. By this time, I'm working with, you know, Sunny Digital. I'm helping him with stuff. We making money together, Zaytoven, and just different people that I'm making money with and just building relationships with and stuff. You know, people I can actually just call. And I'm like, man, I got to document this somehow. So we got to just figure out a way to make it make sense. So I'm just randomly just brainstorming names in my first my first own apartment. So, you know, I'm just writing stuff down. And then a progress support, I'm like, damn, like, I like that, that's hard. And then so I asked my mom, like, what you think about this? She was like, it's cool. I'm like, nah, that's hard to tell. <laughs> so that's how it came about. Can't ask nobody. I know, I, 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 I She's like, it's cool. I'm like, nah, that's hard. So uh, that was moms. it. So what is your definition of progress then? Okay. You no, know, I gotta ask you that. Of course, not, of course, Hayes. I mean, honestly, um, my, my definition of progress is um, just waking up every day and just doing what I love to do. And um, that to me is just, it could be from a career standpoint, from um, just, you know, a personal standpoint, just waking up and just being better every day, like just trying to just do something better and learn something more and just applying that knowledge, not just learning it, but just applying it to mm -hmm. my everyday life um, and just being an overall better human being in every area and aspect of my life. So that's what progress means to me. Yeah, I love yes, it. Sir. Ate that up. Yep. So <laughs> XL joins, Brit joins. Um, as far as I know, this is the first hip hop all women podcast that I'm aware of. That's crazy. What, was that kind of how you guys envisioned it or Yo, is that like, just how it happened or? I mean, every time we look back, it's just crazy because we all were building in the hip hop community on our own. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And like meeting so organically, like it just worked out. But I don't even think we really stopped in the beginning and be like, yo, we're the only girls really doing this. We're the only women really doing this. Like, we approached it like, yo, we gonna interview you like a dude gonna interview you. Like, we wasn't holding back or like being soft with it. I feel like we was on some real hip hop shit. Yeah. 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 It just ended up being us like, naturally like the universe just was like, yo, this is who it's supposed to be. Mm -hmm. Cause of course right. we've had people around of course, but I feel like us three was like, and it's three different aspects of, of right. the music game. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? From That's her right. doing PR to me being a DJ, Britt even running the label, being a host and being a promoter, like it's just all different aspects. It's crazy. Yeah, it's like you got every side covered. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and we often have different opinions or um, views on things because of how we would experience it. Because mm. yeah. Lala understands the artist point of view. I, as a DJ, I'm like, why well, would Wiz talk to the DJ like that? But then yeah. she's like, Going from the artist's point of view, so yeah. it, it's really dope. Yeah. That's true. I need to get your thoughts on this next, <laughs> because a lot of DJs were really pissed off yeah. at Wiz about this. Yeah. Um, 
what I said, I, we talked about briefly on the progress report, is sometimes you don't know the behind the scenes things. So many times, me as a DJ, right, we'll have a guest come in. I hit up that manager five times. Please send me their music, right? Because there's sometimes, like, of course, I'm going to be as prepared as possible. I'm going to get whatever I can get, right? Mm -hmm. But there might be a single that you ain't even drop yet, and they drunk, and they be like, yo, I want to see what they going to do with this song. Yeah, I want to nice. see the crowd vibe, right? But um, I the Wi-Fi not working. Um, you can't airdrop it. For some reason, it's not working. So now uh, the, the artist pressing me. And I'm like, bro, I hit your manager up five times. Mm. You know what I'm saying? And you just recorded this shit yesterday and you just want to see what the crowd <laughs> feeling like, right? So now you putting me under pressure. And then um, I know the DJ, I know Wiz said something about he wanted the DJ to cut in and out like on certain parts. Y'all didn't rehearse this? Right. That DJ might not even heard your song. You know what I mean? If I'm playing somebody's song and it's the first time, unless I really could feel like as a DJ, you know, when to cut in and out, I'm gonna let that joint just rock out and do your thing, you know. But um, also, just as a human being, ain't nobody gonna talk to me like that. I don't care who you are. I'm turning off my computer. I'm out. <laughs> I'm out. Like nah, real shit. Like back the DJ. Yeah, like I, like like I'll deal with it a little bit, like a couple times, like. Everybody loves McDonald's fries. So, yes, you accused your mom of stealing some of your fries on the way home. Um, but the bag did feel a little light. Ba -da -ba -ba -ba. Like, like, artists have said, like, hold, hold up, DJ. Yeah. Like, play, like, they say that. <laughs> I, I'm not going to be in my feelings, but you're not going to be disrespectful. Right. You know what I'm yeah. saying? So, it, it's been like that, and it's just like... A lot of times people don't know the behind the scenes. And I don't even think that DJ really talked on it, but I'm mm. sure there was like a point of view we haven't heard. Yeah. Mm. Expe yeah, it's hard to get the whole story when it's a 30 second clip. And like what happened before that, the lead right, in. But still, right. at that point, that's all I needed to see. Like, ain't no way somebody talking to me like that. For real shit. For real, like. What? <laughs> they said, man, where's Khalifa? Our DJ. I mean, oh, yeah. That was crazy. I mean, yeah. OG Ron C saying, like, don't bring him to Houston anymore. Yeah, that's crazy. I feel like Wiz, no, like, he know better. He's like, been I in was kind of, like, minute. shocked that he reacted like that. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. Yeah, that's crazy. So let's go back to the progress record. Yeah. What's been some of y'all's personal favorite interviews? Ones that really stick out to you guys? I always love interviewing Suki. Because okay. as, as much as Suki is no wild. No filter. Yeah. Yeah. Right. As much as she's wild, you still see like she's a sweetheart though. Facts, mm -hmm. facts. And I feel like it like people don't see that sometimes because she's so crazy. But like you could tell like she's still a sweet ass person, but she lit and she don't got no filter. That's facts. Yeah. Um, I mean, it would it would be between OJ the Juice Man because he's one of my favorite artists and such a humble dude. Like oh, yeah. OJ, one of the realest people, not artists, but one of the realest people period you know um so oj because he my favorite artist in every interview he just he just went whatever you know what i mean and i fuck with oj so much and of course webby webby would have to be oh, yeah. one of my others because yeah. webby he invited me in his home twice you know and and just to grow up listening to him and to be able to experience those moments and treating me with respect you know what i mean every time man that means a lot and um the last person i had to say is uh diamond from crime mob okay yeah i love diamond you know, yeah. she's one of my favorite artists since I, you know, was coming up as a teenager. So mm -hmm. 
Um, she was super humble when we did our interview, man. And I just, I just fuck with Diamond because she fuck with us. Yeah. yeah. I fuck with Diamond. I would have to say, I'm going to always say Orlando Brown just because it was <laughs> that just. That thing went viral, didn't it? Yeah, yeah. like a million <laughs> views. But it was just crazy to even be in his presence because this true. is Orlando Brown. Like mm -hmm. what I never thought my life would lead me to being this close to this man. And he actually is very smart. Although he does like, you know, crazy shit, like he was dropping gems. And I was like, I wish more people could see him uh -huh. in this light because they only want to focus on when he's saying something that's kind of off the wall. Yeah. Um, I also enjoyed the Poor Minds. They were just super oh, fun. Yeah, that was dope. yeah so they dope. were super yeah. fun. And I love like fun guests where you can just kind of ask them anything. And I would also say um, DJ Holiday. Mm -hmm. Like, um, where I'm from, like, like holiday, like just hearing the tag, like I oh, heard that my whole Crazy. life. So to be in his presence again was just like I never thought my life would be like that. And he's so humble. Yeah, like, he's too he humble. was so <laughs> humble, and he was just like a, a human being. And yeah, I appreciate his energy and him nice. coming through our our platform. Yeah, That's how I got introduced to Nicki Minaj too. I'm like, bro, oh, yeah. do you like yeah. you probably don't realize because as DJs or anybody mm -hmm. in this game, like you just keep it moving on to the next project, mm -hmm. and like he just kind of act like. A little nonchalant about like, bro, you don't understand. Legend. Like, yeah. Legend. Mm -hmm. yep. And you guys uh, have joined the Revolt Network. So yes. congrats for that. Thank, Thank you. you. Yeah, so, okay, you know. <laughs> how does it feel to be put on, you know, a bigger platform like Revolt? Yeah, I mean, I think it's a blessing. I think, you know, um, we've been working hard for so long and um, just doing what we love to do. You know, not just working hard, but really just being passionate about it, too. Mm -hmm. Um, so I think, you know, it's just dope to just get that recognition from, you know, a big conglomerate that's really about the culture and really, you know, pay attention to what we're doing. I think, you know, everything happens for a reason. It's just perfect timing. I think we've been putting in the work, so it only made sense. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's still pretty new. So, like, we just building with the team right now. And um, we they're going to see our work. You know what I'm saying? So we're using the fuck out of that revolt yeah. card, though. Yeah, I'm no, trying no. to tell you, as we should. Yeah, I'm going to revolt. Yeah. Nah, it's, it's dope, though. Like, it's, it's amazing. Yeah. Um, besides the podcast, you guys have a lot of other series. So, XL, talk about these car rides. Okay, yeah. So, I got the Blaster Tracks car rides. Um, one of my first episodes was with Erica Banks. Mm -hmm. And uh, I just remember, like, looking her up as an artist. And um, this is before anything went viral. This is during COVID, 2020. Mm -hmm. I think it was, like, July 2020. Um, and she had like 60,000 followers and stuff, but like mm. she was cool. And when we played her music, I'm like, bruh, this shit hard. These samples is hard. Mm. I literally said, yo, four to six months from now, you gonna be out of here. Mm. Swear to God, it was like six months went viral. And I already knew it, you know what I'm saying? So um, the Blaster Trash Car Rides, basically we drive around the city. Um, my artist plays like their five top songs off their newest project for me. and. Um, I give them my input, but also people leave their input too, like when they blast or trash their music. Um, it's dope, and I think it's a dope different aspect of an interview, mm -hmm. because a lot of people get interviews where people don't get to hear your music, yeah. you know what I'm saying? So this is another way to get to know the artist, but also get to know why they, why they made these particular songs. Like we talk about every song, so yeah. Yeah, and I feel like it's dope because usually how I consume music is in the car. Yeah. That's usually how yeah. I listen and, to most of my music. Right, too. and it don't gotta be like a club hit. Like we had R&B artists, like we had Johnny Blaze in the car oh. twerking. Shout you know what Johnny I'm saying? Blaze. Yeah, yeah, like we had R&B. So it's just like 
a different aspect. Like as a DJ, it's not just about the club. You know, mm -hmm. I'm gonna give you input on like this might be a strip club song or or you know what I'm saying. So yeah. Oh, that's dope. Gotta keep those up. For yeah, sure. thank you. Yeah. We got we got some dropping right now. Next one's gonna be with T Hood. So Okay. Shout yep. out to Hood, man. Yep. Yep. He had me scared in that car. I'm like, <laughs> bro, I, I don't smoke. It's it's smoked out of here. But, One thing he's gonna do is bring it back with. Bro, that's facts. <laughs> bro, you ain't never lie. Um, and Lala, you've been going crazy with these skipping class segments. Yeah, so we, we got a few different things. So the skipping class, it was it was more so like we want to focus in on the artist, how the interviews used to be. Because hmm. I think, you know, when it's, um, it's three of us, three different personalities, three different viewpoints, sometimes I feel like the artist can't necessarily just get they you know story off and you know with the skipping class is meant for the artists to only you know them only for them to get they you know story off and get their point across um so we started that we launched that um last year the beginning of this year i think yeah. um and it's just been dope it's just you know it's just it's just been dope just to just hear their stories and just hear from them directly so it's been nice. Yeah, you've been rolling these out like every day. Yeah, we've been, we've been real consistent with them. So, I mean, I'm excited. I like it, you know, because it just gives them a chance to talk without feeling the pressure from just, because when we do the podcast, I don't think we it's pressure. It's just more so kind of nerve wracking sometimes for certain artists that aren't used to like, damn, it's, yeah, you know, three so different it's, people it's coming great. at you. So whereas it's just them, it's like, you know, however you feel, just go ahead and get it out. And, you know, we just want all our guests to feel welcome and comfortable, so. Yep. Yeah. And Bray, you got weekly evaluation. Yes, sir. Yeah, so talk about that. Yeah, so that's more so us sitting down and looking at today's news and events because, you know, it's always something going on. And I feel like us three, we're really funny in real life. So when we give our different perspectives, it's going to be a little comical. And it's going to also give people the opportunity to comment how they may feel in a situation to so where we can put it out there and say, hey, how do y'all feel like about the situation? And recently we started trying to grade people to go along with the evaluation uh, theme of it. So it's really just talking about today's news and events and occurrences. Yeah, I got you. Hot topics. Yep. Uh, you guys do the Fresh Fridays every week for Bankroll. Definitely, man. We gonna keep it going too, man. You know, um, RIP Bankroll Fresh. Bankroll was definitely, I met, I met Hood Affairs through Bankroll Fresh, matter of fact. Oh, really? Um, we was at Street Exec Studio, cause you know, I always liked Bankroll Fresh. I thought he was dope. Um, we'll see each other at the strip clubs all the time. And I'm like, damn, man, you dope as hell. And Bankroll wouldn't want to work or wouldn't want to even talk to nobody or ha let alone have anybody pull up unless they was working. Mm. And he was big on that, you know, and he was just like, well, I'm always seeing you work. Like, pull up to my session, bring your camera. All right, come on, let's do it. Because at first he wasn't really with it. He like, what you doing? Like, <laughs> you know, and I respected that. And um, so that very first time, Hood Affairs was there, and that was my first time meeting them. And, you know, I'm just... I'm a student of the game, so I love Hood Affair. So for me to actually meet them, I'm like, what the fuck? Like, yeah. so, you know, um, but Bankroll, he, he, you know, he just always allowed me to pull up the camera. I brought him to, I brought him to Cincinnati to do his first show in Cincinnati. Um, and I just always fuck with Bankroll because I believed in him and believed in him. I thought he was dope. He had it. Um, and just, just the energy and aura, like them mm -hmm. old days at the Street of Zex Studios, you know, years ago. Everybody was there. You wasn't working if you was not at Street Exec Studios, and that's yeah, facts. Sure. That's but he just had an aura about himself that made everybody feel comfortable. Like some of us didn't know each other, but just when he was in there, it was just like a big light. So, um, you know, when he unfortunately passed away, it's like, you know, we all felt that. It was, it was a big loss for the community. 
Who needs an alarm in the morning when McDonald's has sausage, egg, and cheese McGriddles and a breakfast cutoff? Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And um, I think that was I think that was probably the first like loss in hip hop that I experienced personally when I got in it. Of course, we had plenty of other people that we lost, but that was the first person that I knew. So it just we took it real hard. I didn't. I, I definitely hated that situation. Yeah. And um, so we decided to do Fresh Fridays a long time ago because it's like, man, we got to keep his name alive because he contributed so much in that amount of time. And, you know, of course, he'd been doing music way before I was even around. So we had to figure out a way to um, just keep his name and legacy alive. So with Fresh Fridays, we post um, shout out to 217, the producer. Yeah. He gives us exclusive content to post um, about Bankroll Fresh. And even if we don't necessarily get the content from him, we'll just get stuff that we can find. Mm -hmm. And you know, people appreciated us, especially on IG and, and Facebook. So his fan base is like still right there. And mm -hmm. you know, just seeing a reaction from that, like they really appreciate it. And it's just like, you know, I just feel like as a student of the game, that's just, that's what I'm supposed to do. So mm -hmm. RIP Bankroll Fresh, and I, I truly yeah, appreciate him. Yeah, long live Bank. Long for sure. Him, yeah. He always was in such a great mood every time I see him. Always. <laughs> he like, always had a big smile facts, on his face. Facts, that's facts. Yeah, that's how I always remember him. Yeah. Um, you guys, a few years ago, started these female ciphers. We did. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so talk about like the inspiration. I don't think anyone has done this since, or maybe they have. I don't know. Right. Yeah, so what are we on our fourth one, our third one? Fourth. We fourth one? Fourth. Yeah, yeah, I'm not bad. I can't. But um, I just wanted, I, first of all, I feel like for us in general, we love supporting female artists, of course. Um, and I've, I used to actually do a cypher back in Cincinnati, but it was more of like a LGBT type of cypher. So when I moved down to Atlanta, of course, anything where I feel like Lala can be an asset to, or an idea rather, I'm going to bring it to her because she just easy to talk to. Like you could really sell any idea. She gonna she ain't gonna shoot it down. She willing to do anything, you know, at least once. So I told her, yo, we should start doing all female ciphers. You know, that's part of our cast. You know, most of our crew from the front to the back is all female. I feel like we would do a very good job of highlighting female artists that are really out here working and really have bars because mm -hmm. they really be sleeping on some of our female artists. Nice. Like they ain't out here out rapping some of these dudes. <laughs> so I'm like, let's come together because we know so many dope female artists. Let's get the top ones, uh, you know, at least once a year, put the cypher together. And yeah, that's really how that, how that started. My favorite one is with London B though. I'm just put that out there. Yeah. Cause she, she snapped. <laughs> and then like the, the BTS for it, like she went, she, it took her one time. One and take. and mm. she had on these heels where like, most people would have like wanted to sit down. She, she stood up the whole time. It wasn't like an hour. It was like two, three hours we was there. Oh wow. Stood up the whole time, went up there and killed it. Like that's, killed it. that's my favorite one right there. Yeah, facts. facts. Yeah, I think the cyphers are dope. I think, um, you know, of course, if you, again, a student of the game, you pay attention and you see that it's been Cypher's done, mm -hmm. but we specifically call it Cypher's, which was, you know, DJ Excel's idea, which was super dope. I'm like, okay, we gonna emphasize the her part of it. Um, and then just like Britt said, just pull together these dope artists that, you know, we hand select different artists that we want to be a part of it, that we feel like, okay, well, let's see what you about. But um, I, I just think it's important because, you know, females need that extra light and who else better to bring it to you than females, you know? So. Yeah, for real. And it's the time. It's the time for the ladies. Like, the ladies Facts. is taking over right Absolutely. now. Absolutely. Like, yes. even on club hits. Like, mm. ladies got some of the biggest club hits That's right true. now. That's true. That's true. 
you know. Yeah. No, nah, there's. No, I don't think there's any denying that. I think no. they're running the clubs kind of right now. That's wow. Killing it. That is very true. So where do you guys see the future of the progress report? Um, I think, you know, that's a great question. Um, I think really just making sure we, we connected, um, you know, with the people that's working hard, that's in the streets, like that, that really are serious about their craft. And that's always been um, very important. Like, you know, it's not necessarily about, you know, doing the interviews with who's popular, but who's serious mm -hmm. and who got their own motion and their own movements and just really continue to keep in our ear to the street. Because, you know, um, you got to, you know, no matter how, how many things you got going on, you got to keep your ear to the street. And, you know, for me personally, that's, that's what I want to do. Just make sure I'm keeping my ear to the street. Who really working out here? Who deserves it? Like, who's hungry? Yeah. Whose story needs to be told? And, you know, I think, you know, we bring just a unique perspective when we can just talk to them and just bring a different type of energy out of them. So just, um, just really continue to just talk to dope guests. Um, we want to, you know, get into schools more too. Okay. Um, we've done that before, just, you know, different speaking engagements, talking at um, high schools. So we're trying to get into the colleges now and just keep that going and just make that an ongoing thing and just showing, um, you know, young people or even older people too, that it's possible just to just do what you love to mm -hmm. do and pursue entrepreneurship in the, in the field and the lane in which you're passionate about. So that's personally what I, you know, would love to see for the future. Absolutely, yeah. Um, yeah. How do you guys find a balance between work and your personal life? A balance? What balance, hey? It's tough, it's tough. That's where I struggle but, at. Well, one, thing, tough, that, one thing that is good, like, kind of personal, like, mm -hmm. that we are friends, but we are also in this industry. So, like, things we do together for fun, low-key be work things, too. <laughs> we, can't, we can't even help it. That's like, can't get like, away from it. We're going to concerts, we network, and we're doing all that. But can't help it. Yo, when you're really passionate, like it's very hard to find a balance. Mm -hmm. um, you just gotta find people in your life that can take the balance you you give. The uneven them. balance. Yeah, <laughs> right, yeah, they right. gotta be able to, you know, somehow, you know, make it work because I don't know when you passionate, like low key, you be like, I can't sleep. I what what's other what people? Be yeah, what's yeah. other people doing? If I'm chilling, somebody else got the one up. Mm -hmm. And it's hard because it kind of sucks because we don't let ourselves chill too much. Yes, yeah, I really do have a um, struggle with that area. <laughs> we all do. I, yeah, I was going to say, do. I think any entrepreneur really, oh, it's, yeah. it's a struggle because it's like, it's, it's not because we don't want it to be a healthy balance. It's just when you are passionate, it's just your mind is always like, man, I just, I just love to do what I do. But I think, again, just... Um, you, you got to figure out what's good for you. And I've gotten better with that over the years. Like even if that's just treating yourself to a little spa day or taking yourself out to dinner, stuff like that is very important. So I've personally gotten better with that. Yeah, absolutely. yeah, it's, it's a struggle for me too. But um, like, like they said, for me personally, I love Do Not Disturb. That thing helps me out oh, yeah. a lot. Cause <laughs> I, I, I have bad yeah. anxiety and right. like, I if, if I read something, I gotta take care of it right then right. and there. Like yeah. I'll stop with, I got ADHD and everything. Like I'll stop <laughs> what I'm doing currently to handle this. So yeah. I feel like taking those breaks, you know, just little breaks, whether it's 10 minutes, 15 minutes, is very much so necessary. And uh, just not running myself Thin and trying to do every single thing and like you said you know just picking the right things to do um, just because you're doing a lot more doesn't mean you're getting more done so true. I'm trying to focus on like a smaller amount of things and giving my all that way I can make sure that is 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 solid like that's where the quality is at mm. so yeah it's, it's been a work in progress but yeah. I feel like we all <laughs> getting better yeah it's like going back to being an entrepreneur it's like <laughs> 
You work, end up working 120 hours a week. It's crazy. Yeah, you it never are done. You're never, never like, done. Like, you fall asleep, you wake up, you're right back at it. Right. No, like, <laughs> I it. literally, like, when people check out, like, clock out of work, like, you you don't got nothing to do with the rest of this. Like, <laughs> I know. No, there's I'm so I, jealous. I I'm like, what? Right. Yeah. That's crazy. I appreciate, I appreciate it, you know. And yeah. I, um, I always said, like, back at home, when I said it wasn't no opportunities, mm. I was willing to work. I just wanted the opportunities. So now that the opportunities are here, I can't be sleeping on That's them. Nice. You know what I Very mean? True. So I fuck with that. Yeah. Mm. All right. So you guys want to give some shout outs before we wrap it up here? Definitely. Well, we got to salute Hood Affairs again for connecting the dots. Um, just salute to anybody that, you know, believes in us. Of course, you know, um, Dirty Glove Bastard, Long Live Pooh. Yep. I um, think Pooh is who plugged us together. Pooh right? definitely plugged us together uh, for sure. Yeah. Um, you know, just RP to anybody that we lost and just, you know, we just we just appreciate anybody that you know supports us our brand our team just anybody that supports us man it just means a lot yeah straight up facts we ain't staying now tune in every time we don't do no cap report only facts if you went on a road trip and you didn't stop for a Big Mac or drop a crispy fry between the car seats or use your McDonald's bag as a placemat, then that wasn't a road trip. It was just a really long drive. Bada ba ba ba. At participating McDonald's.